U.S. President Joe Biden met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping for four hours on Thursday, Taiwan time. In a rare solo press conference afterward, Biden said he and Xi agreed to resume military exchanges. They also agreed to work together to fight illegal production of the opioid fentanyl. Biden said that during the talks, he stressed the importance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait while reaffirming Washington's commitment to the One China policy. U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping shook hands at their first meeting in a year. After posing for photos on the front steps, they went inside for a closed-door meeting. Biden set the tone at the outset. Mr. President, we know each other for a long time. We haven't always agreed, which was not surprised anyone. But our meetings have always been candid, straightforward, and useful. For two large countries like China and the United States, turning their back on each other is not an option. They spent four hours together in a meeting, a working lunch, and a stroll in the gardens. Biden pointed something out in the trees as the two leaders walked without interpreters at their side. <laughs> Thank you. See you tomorrow. Afterward, Biden held a solo press conference where he presented progress on U.S. objectives with China. Areas where the United States has concerns about the PRC's actions, including detained and, ex and, uh, and, and exit banned U.S. citizens, human rights and corrective uh, coercive activities in the South China Sea. Besides raising issues pertaining to the South China Sea, Biden reiterated the significance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. We maintain the agreement that there is a one-China policy, and that uh, and I'm not going to uh, change that. I also stress the importance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Straits. The two sides agreed to work together on curbing illegal fentanyl production. They also agreed to reopen military communication. We're reassuming military-to-military -military contacts, direct contacts. As a lot of you press know who follow this, that's been cut off and it's been worry worrisome. That's how accidents happen. The two leaders also discussed major global crises, including the Russia-Ukraine war and conflict in Gaza. Biden stressed the need for rational management of the U.S.-China competitive relationship. During his summit with U.S. President Joe Biden, Chinese leader Xi Jinping denied near-term plans to use force against Taiwan. According to a senior official, Washington official, she denied that China was preparing to invade Taiwan in 2027 or 2035. She told Biden that there was no such plan and that no one had ever spoken to him about such a plan. Taiwan has never speculated about whether China will invade or when it will choose to invade. The government's policy is extremely clear. That is, we will continue to strengthen our defense capabilities and to be prepared while proactively seeking international support. During the four-hour talks, Biden asked China to respect Taiwan's electoral process and said the U.S. position was to maintain peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. According to the senior U.S. official, she responded, Peace is all well and good, but at some point we need to move forward towards resolution more generally. She emphasized that Taiwan was the biggest, most dangerous issue in U.S.-China relations. Chinese state media reported that she also asked the U.S. to stop arming Taiwan and to support cross-strait unification. The Ministry of Labor has denied reports that Taiwan will bring in 100,000 migrant workers from India. 
Labor Minister Xi Mingchun confirmed that Taiwan is in talks to bring in Indian migrant workers. But she said no deal had been signed and that the entry quotas had yet to be determined. She urged the public to not believe baseless online claims and to refrain from making racist comments about Indians. I would like to clarify that the claim that Taiwan is going to bring over 100,000 Indian migrant workers is disinformation. I urge the general public to not fall into this trap of cognitive warfare. A rumor has been making the rounds, alleging that 100,000 Indian migrant workers will soon be admitted to Taiwan. Labor Minister Xu Mingchun addressed the rumor head-on, calling it disinformation when speaking at the Legislative Yuan. What is the status of the MOU right now? Which industries will it cover? We haven't yet signed the MOU. After it is signed, we will carry out further meetings at different levels. She stressed that the migrant worker quotas and the industries covered would be discussed only after an MOU is signed with India. In recent days, rumors have been flying online, with an internet user saying that the MOU would turn Taiwan into an island of sexual assault. The Ministry of Labor's Facebook page has been flooded with comments that read, I oppose Indian migrant workers. What's even more outrageous is that racist comments have become news headlines. Someone said that if we open up to Indian migrant workers, Taiwan will become an island of sexual assault. The question of where labor is sourced is handled by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs after an assessment of national security issues. Adding another source country isn't something the labor ministry can do instantaneously on its own. No, it's already been discussed for two to three years. Both ruling and opposition parties have agreed to adding new sources of labor. I also think there shouldn't be prejudice and discrimination against specific countries or groups of people. Such comments do not help with Taiwan's diplomatic relations and international image. Amid a severe labor shortage, Taiwan hopes to attract migrant workers from more countries. The labor ministry moved to reassure the public, saying all workers would be stringently screened. TPP presidential candidate Ke Wenzhe claims that the U.S. de facto embassy in Taiwan called him to ask if China was involved in his joint ticket deal with the KMT. Speaking on a political talk show on Wednesday, Ke said the inquiry reflected Taiwan's predicament as a small country caught between major powers. The American Institute in Taiwan did not respond directly when asked if it made the call. Its spokesperson said the U.S. was neutral in Taiwan's elections and believed that the next leader of Taiwan should be decided without foreign interference. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde also responded to Ke. Lai criticized him for disclosing the call, saying it showed a lack of diplomatic tact. Lai also said the U.S. would not ask about Chinese interference without evidence. Chinese language media reported that the director of the Ma Zhou Foundation had visited China early this month. Upon the director's return, the foundation essentially saved the joint ticket talks by declaring that Ma favored the use of popularity polls to determine the joint presidential ticket. Along the coast of the border of Yilan and New Taipei lies the southern entrance of the Old Taoling Tunnel. With its beautiful views of the ocean and nearby Turtle Island, 
the site is iconic for visitors to Ilan and has served as an inspiration for songs and poetry. No longer used by trains, the tunnel is now part of a cycling trail and is a favorite for cycling enthusiasts. Visitors to the area love stopping at the park that surrounds the tunnel's southern entrance to rest and take in the views. And now, a cafe at the park is holding an exhibition of works by famous writer Huang Chunming, giving visitors one more reason to stop by. A drone captures lush green trees in cyan blue water so clear you can see the rocks on the seafloor. Further ahead, the camera pulls back and more of the forest and coastline come into view, forming a beautiful portrait of nature. This is the coastal park in Ilan County's Shichen, where beautiful vistas form the backdrop for passing trains. It's a place where new and old live in harmony. The park here wasn't this nice before. It's very beautiful now that they've renovated it. It's worth a visit. Not bad, very clean. The design and all that is pretty good, and you get a very good field of view. The park is located at the southern entrance to the old Saoling Tunnel and is the site of the first railway station when entering Ilan from the north. After a new railway line was built alongside the old Saoling Tunnel, the tunnel was converted into a cycling path and a park and rest area were built around the tunnel entrance. Ilan's park authority has now built a cafe here. This site is an important attraction for cycling tours in the area of neighboring Fulong. So we took the abandoned building that was here and built this cafe. Although there were restrictions in terms of what we could do with it, we created an environment that everyone would like. On the first floor of the cafe, a collection of paintings and works of poetry by nationally renowned writer Huang Chunming adorned the walls. It makes you feel like you're in paradise. He is a writer and poet who I admire the most. This poem, titled Turtle Island, tells the story of Ilan locals who move elsewhere to make a living. When they return to Ilan and see Turtle Island, they feel that they are already home, even if their home is still far off elsewhere in the county. Artists perform a rendition of popular folk song, Diu Diu Danga, which was inspired by the old Saling Tunnel. In days past, those arriving on a train from Fulong would emerge from the tunnel to a majestic view of the Pacific Ocean and Turtle Island. Although the tunnel is no longer used by trains, for visitors to Elan from the north, this beautiful vista is still the first thing they see. After a one-month soft launch, the renovated Nanmen Market held its grand opening on Thursday. Located on Roosevelt Road, the iconic market went through four years of renovations that cost more than $3 billion in tea. On Thursday, huge crowds filled the market to claim promotional discounts and commemorative goodie bags. Nanmen Market is bustling, so crowded shoppers must squeeze their way through. People wait in a winding line to get a commemorative goodie bag. Staff handed out numbers starting at 10 a.m. and all were gone within 20 minutes. The bag is full of treats. There's a steamed bun and a pastry from two popular bakeries, a pack of shishamo fish, and even a glutinous rice dumpling from a renowned shop. All these got people lining up early in the morning. The insulated grocery bag is loaded with fresh products and is a trendy shopping accessory. People also rush to collect 100 NT vouchers for spending at least 900 NT. 
The market's reopening ceremony was attended by Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan'an, as well as the heads of Taipei Market Associations. Jiang addressed complaints that the market area has poor cell phone reception. We have asked market authorities to ask three telecoms operators to conduct site inspections. They have already proposed a temporary solution. After four years of renovations, the market has finally reopened at its original site. The building now has two food courts on the second floor and on its first basement floor. Old favorites such as Hexing, Li Jiazong, and Yicheng are as popular as ever. Shoppers say the bigger space is a welcome change. The aisles are very wide and spacious, and the meal vendors all have glass windows. During the soft opening, a lot of our old regulars came by. Tourists come straight to us to buy our freshly baked pastries. A lot of tourists come here. We get foreign customers every day. Shoppers have been pouring in since the trial reopening one month ago. The renovated market offers a fresh experience that's bringing in customers old and new. Japanese girl group Avangardi has landed in Taiwan. The dance group has taken the world by storm with its quirky act, which combines retro uniforms, deadpan expressions, and exaggerated physical comedy. The performers are now in Taiwan to shoot a new routine at iconic landmarks. The final product will debut in a TV special on Lunar New Year's Eve in a celebration of Taiwan-Japan ties. Sporting retro school uniforms and severe black bobs, the dancers execute formations in perfect sync. Their deadpan stares and quirky facial expressions conjure up an air of whimsy. The dance trip greets Taiwanese fans in Mandarin. They are avant-garde, and they've catapulted to online fame with their unique take on dance. This summer, they even competed on America's Got Talent. The musicality is off the charts, and the storytelling on point. The group has set off a craze for vintage dance in the West, with their videos amassing tons of views online. The General Association of Chinese Culture invited the group to Taiwan to shoot a Lunar New Year's Eve special. Each part of the program will showcase different groups combining different specialties. For the Lunar New Year's Eve program, we hope to highlight the friendship between Taiwan and Japan. So we brought over Avangardi, a performance group from Japan. They have almost 10 million views online. They are an extremely popular dance troupe, so they create a connection to Taiwan. We hope that by showcasing the group against Taiwan backdrops, we can bring global audiences closer to Taiwan. The group will dance for 48 hours at famous historic landmarks in northern Taiwan. Unique moves will blend with quintessentially Taiwanese backdrops to usher in the Year of the Dragon with an unforgettable show. Black pepper buns are a treat on their own, but one shop owner was inspired to take it a step further by adding stinky tofu and numbing spice. How does it taste? Let's take a look. The flaky black pepper buns are sprinkled with a healthy coating of sesame seeds. Inside, there's a powerful mix of aromas from the stinky tofu and pork, combining for a spicy and satisfying bite. 
The tofu is fermented before adding chili bean paste and rice wine. Then comes the sesame oil and chili powder. The black pepper must be ground finer to release its flavor. Then add edamame before the star of the show, Stinky Tofu, makes an appearance. But it's not done yet. It still needs to be topped off with pork hock, then mixed by hand to make sure every flavor seeps in. Handmade stinky tofu is pungent and sturdy enough on its own, making it nice to eat. We've used the machine before, but it becomes too small and tough. The wrap is gently stretched before adding the filling and plenty of green onion. The oven at 200 to 250 degrees Celsius gives the outside a crispy texture. I used to work in a CD factory, but since the business started to decline, I decided to find another path. He pivoted and has now been selling pepper buns for nearly 20 years. Let's take you to meet Taiwanese artist Li Kui Bi. She's holding an exhibition titled Banana Coin, which is centered on bananas, a colonial cash crop in Taiwan. Through the exhibition, Lee hopes to bring awareness to problems in the banana industry and pose questions about our modern-day perceptions of trade and currency. FTV reporter Stephen Yang spoke to Lee to find out more about her exhibition. Scan the QR code to try a game of banana picking. If you can accumulate 2,000 points in 10 minutes, you'll win a prize in the form of an NFT. It's an exceptionally difficult challenge, but nothing compared to the quotas imposed on a real-life banana orchard worker. Through this game, Banana Coin, artist Lee Kui B hopes to bring to light problems in the banana industry. You can uh, join the auction and uh, to bid your uh, copper banana. Banana industry is uh, a global industry and you have a lot of problems and a lot of issues. They, uh, they have some NGO is uh, also doing research and uh, remind people that, uh, uh, that uh, but, uh, the problem met from banana platform and the banana company. And so I, I think uh, uh, a this project now is talking about the uh, very have a relationship with Taiwanese history, but actually it can be more global, and uh, we can make a new link uh, with uh, other countries and uh, other like a banana farmer, and uh, and uh, it can be it can be be a new platform uh, to have a more conversation about about this issue in the future. This work, Weather Forecast of Banana Plantation, is a video installation that was created by combining images of banana money banknotes with a real-time weather tracker, Google Weather. By integrating these two elements, the weather conditions of former colonial banana plantation sites are then synchronized and presented on a projection screen. This video is linked with uh, Google, and uh, the voice is uh, uh, it's making from uh, we, we use some AI technology and uh, also with, with, some, uh, uh, with some music. And uh, in all the video, we are talking about the colonization, uh, colony history in Taiwan and also the banana industry. In, in Lee received her MFA degree from Taipei National University of the Arts in 2017. Her works mainly focus on landscapes that are neglected under globalization. 
One topic she has done extensive research on is Cambodia's Diamond Island. In her newest solo exhibition, Lee focuses on bananas, a colonial cash crop in Taiwan. She aims to bring to light the contradictions of contemporary trading systems in relation to the structures of colonialism. She also explores how colonialism history connects with the present-day economic situation in Taiwan. We are talking about um, col colony history, we are talking about colonization, and uh, we are talking about uh, globalism, also today's economic situation after COVID-19. They have, they have relationship. So in this project, I want to remind everyone or uh, remind people that uh, our history and the today's uh, economic situation, uh, economic system. Actually, is uh, we have a very deep uh, relationship, and uh, we are not we are not alone. We are actually we are linked with uh, other countries, or uh, we are linked with the world. Actually, for for a very long time, but we we maybe sometimes we are too busy, and uh, so we we don't have enough time to. Uh, focus on it. Lee's solo exhibition will be held at the Hong Foundation till December 16th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Guo Wenhai in Taipei. A cold front is set to sweep in starting Friday, bring lows of 12 degrees Celsius to the northern half of the island. The Central Weather Administration says to expect the chilliest temperatures this Saturday and Sunday morning. 那礼拜五、礼拜六一直到礼拜天这段时间，哈，礼拜天的清晨这段时间。On Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, from Friday through Sunday morning, we will see the influence of the cold front. The northern half of the island, including Ilan and Mazu, will see lows of 12 to 14 degrees Celsius. In the south and in Hualien and Taidong, as well as in Jinmen, lows will reach 15 or 16 degrees. On the morning of the 18th, on Saturday and Sunday morning, we expect to see the coldest temperatures of the cold front. During daytime hours on Sunday, as the cold front weekends, temperatures will gradually rise, restoring warmer conditions. But continue to expect cooler temperatures early and late in the day, with big temperature swings between night and day. Forecasters warn of low temperatures throughout the weekend, so get ready to wrap up warm. The cold front is set to linger till Sunday noon, after which temperatures should start to rebound.